When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I knew that was going to happen. I was going up against time, and I was trying to figure out what in the wide world of sports button I didn't That's right, Eric. And don't, it was, don't read into it. And it was that one. So uh, uh, bases dropped on Soccer's Morning Show. Soccer down here for a Freestyle Friday. It's whatever's on your mind. we got stuff to talk about. Uh, there's a, like a lot of little trans. There's a lot of transactions that happen, and one involving uh, a little ball of hate out of the, uh, the USL Championship that uh, we'll, you know, we'll get into at some point. Uh, a lot of gossip, rumor, and innuendo. There's uh, an hour number two. We're going to get into this study in the Premier League. No, sorry, in the Prem about uh, time wasting. I feel like that only works for friends. Oh, true. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, Abby with the uh, the the real thought of the morning, just making sure everybody did okay with the storms yesterday. That was that was some nasty stuff at points. Um, just hoping that everybody basically, you know, a 500 mile run on this line of storms and it was up and around for hours at a time. And we know that our friends in central Alabama got hit pretty hard and just uh, hoping everybody's okay. And, uh, just let us know if you need anything and uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to talk about it and spread the word here at SDH. Um, let's see. So we got like transfers and transactions and gossip and rumor and, uh, NWSL draft, and I know that uh, was, you know, try to have our friends at Beyond Goals coming in at 9.30 this morning like they always do for their, the Friday free kick. Uh, somewhat, uh, you know, Chelsea, the, the hits just keep on coming, according to Graham Potter. There's that. Uh, but this morning for uh, opening kickoff, Jared, brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee, kickoffcoffeeco.com, and there is the uh, QR code for those of you who are watching on Twitch. Uh, once again, reminder, that uh, use the code soccer down here 15 with kickoff coffee co and kickoff coffee co.com on twitter on facebook and instagram you get 15 percent off of your your purchase when it comes to everything at kickoff coffee and then they in turn take 10 percent reinvested into the youth game very very cool stuff from our friends at kickoff coffee and kickoff coffee co.com uh nwsl draft was yesterday and you know when we when we look at drafts and we always know about uh you know motivation and things like that uh, when it comes to uh, players who are drafted, not drafted, those kinds of things. Uh, 
you had a high schooler taken first by Angel City, which, you know, very, very cool stuff there. Uh, Alyssa Thompson uh, heading to Harvard, Westlake Prep right now. Uh, great, great stuff for Florida State, getting Jenna Neiswanger picked at number four for uh, Gotham. They had back-to-back picks at three and four, Emily Madrill and Jenna Neiswanger. Uh, Raina Reyes uh, shows the growth of the SEC by getting picked uh, fifth for Portland out of the University of Alabama. You know, Florida State had three in the top 10 picks, actually, and then uh, Virginia four and uh, 10 and 11. But only 48 slots were, you know, selected. It was four by 12. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now, Jared. There was okay. one. What are you going to say? There was one player that was not picked in the 48 selection. And I, you know, I'm going to say that the team that picks up this player is going to get a very, very motivated individual. Amy Andrews of South Georgia Tormenta and the USL women's side in Western, uh, Western Illinois did not get selected in the draft as we welcome in Nick Alifi bright and early this morning for the, the early sections. But uh, Nick, I was talking about uh, the NWSL draft and how folks can be motivated by not being selected. Leading scorer in the USLW League, Western, uh, you know, Western Illinois University, South Georgia Tormenta, she leads them to a title in, in round number one uh, of the league. She did not get picked, and I will guarantee you. <laughs> what? Yeah. Amy Andrews did not get selected in the NWSL draft. Oh. So I'm going to go ahead and say it right now that the, indiv- the team, wherever it is on the planet, and if it's in the NWSL, the, the other teams better watch out because you're going to have somebody who is profoundly motivated in Amy Andrews to absolutely just let the offense fly. And I'm going to, I'm going to phrase it that way. So Amy Andrews was not picked in the NWSL draft, and she's going to be quite motivated whenever uh, things roll in for her. And uh, she's told, okay, you can come to our camp. I'm going to say right now, the, end of the team that picks her up is going to get a very, very motivated individual. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and, look, I, I, yeah, I'll go ahead and put it this way. Um, I think that there's a chronic issue with NWSL when it comes to one making their their process clear. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be there seems to be a lot of ambiguity in that department, and then also when it comes to talent sourcing and selection. I, I I don't I, it just seems to me like it's like a like a 13 year old playing Madden like okay who's got who, who who's the name who's the name person who you know there's no searching for any sort of uh, of talent here or there or diamonds in the rough no 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 who's the big name that's who I need to get anyone else is no they're not getting picked but to uh, to every player out there who did not get drafted across every sport there are just endless amounts of stories of players who came from quote unquote obscurity uh to become world beaters and so you know i i know it sucks right now but i i would look more at the process than than your performance so. i mean amy andrews on the season in uslw last year 19 goals, three assists in 13 games. 
and was part of that team that led South Georgia Tormenta to the first half of the first ever men's women's double in the history of uh, soccer here in the United States. So oh, uh, say that again. Say that again. That last part again. What the the first ever men's women's double in the history of the United States? Uh, uh, and she led she led the scoring on that. Is that uh, yes? 19, oh, wow. 19 wow. goals. Hmm. Yeah. Nineteen goals. Thirteen games. Interesting. Uh huh. And uh, was not selected uh, in the forty eight picks for the uh, NWSL draft last night. By the way, Greg Garza will be joining us at the bottom of the hour for the the weekly Friday free kick, and we will All right. uh, see what's on Greg Garza's mind. But uh, uh, guys, oh, Rich Ransom in this morning. Look out, Rich Ransom is uh, getting to listen live. So uh, everybody, make sure that you are uh, effectively effectively ready because uh, Rich Ransom is here this morning. Uh, and by the way, welcome back, Rich. Uh, good to have you back live. What's uh, for opening kickoff this morning, guys? Jared, is there anything particularly on your mind this morning? No, not really. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, no, you covered the NWSL draft. Like, that's that's the big thing that was happening. Like, otherwise, what else? Is, I mean, there's there's rumors, this, that, and the other. There's all that jazz. I mean, it kind of is what it is. I'm not, it's, it's not a profound thing one way or another. Okay, Nick. Nick, what's Whatever. on your mind? What, Nick? What's on your mind early this morning? Yeah, uh, it's it, it. You know, just like we had New Year, New You. Yeah. Let's, let's get uh, you know, let's get New Year and uh, and and new outlook. How about that? Let's get that. Uh, I would like for uh, NWSL to get a new outlook uh, with when it comes to the clarity when their their rules and who gets traded, how and when. Uh, I would like. MLS to do something that I, I saw this with Wrexham uh, surrounding the Wrexham game that so many people seem to be bought into. And there was the immediate pushback because it's social media. Right. And it's like, well, I like oranges. You hate apples. No, I, 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 I just <laughs> like oranges. You know? And so uh, apples are an overrated fruit though. Well, yeah, but it, well, I, I'm sorry. What was that Jared? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Uh, look, this is not. This is way too early in the morning for this level of violence on uh, on uh, Dion Warwick's internet. Okay, this is <laughs> we're not. Uh, Auntie did not give us this glorious gift of internet so you could come on here and and slander apples. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I like apple cider. I like apple pie. Um, I do too. I like, I like them just sauce. fine. Um, fine. You, you know my. My wife, who just walked in, is a PhD, and she's looking at me in a very concerned manner uh, because she is now seeing the immense rage on my face because you have slandered apples um, this early in the morning, Jared. I will, I will find you. We will have a stern conversation. You will receive strongly worded emails um, because I the apple you cinnamon combination. If you didn't already know that Nick had kids, that that right there was. I'm just saying, uh, yeah, because you have to find all kinds of creative ways, ways oh, to yes. <laughs> express rage. Mm-hmm. You will receive a strongly worded email. I promise you, you will. You shall meet your reckoning. Nick's is, to... is reminding us is that it's Al Gore's internet. Please and thank you. Well, look. I, I, all I'm saying is that uh, I I I will take any apple pie. Apple pie is, you know, my, it used to infuriate my mom because she'd be like, "Okay, honey, what would you like for Christmas? Apple pie. What would you like for your birthday? Apple pie." She's like, "Son, you have to ask for something besides an apple." Pie. I'm like, "I don't have to ask for anything else, mom. I can ask for anything I like." 
I would like an apple pie. There are some kids who ask for PS5s. There are some kids who, who say, well, you know, mama, you can kind of have some issues around my house. If you could help. No, no, no. I just want an apple pie. Just give me an apple pie. That's it. Uh, uh, ice cream or no ice cream? Oh, uh, I, 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 do you think I, oh, we live in America. All a mode, man. We live in America. I think I can have it any way I like on a particular day. Uh, so. yeah, you're, you're in, you're in trouble now, Nick, because, uh, Abby is more than happy to uh, make you the homemade apple pie and wants to know when your birthday is. That's, that's in June. It is in, it is in the, it is in the month of June. Oh, apple so. Christmas delight. See, look, Apple Crisp. We are going through the pantheon of Apple delights here, and and that is and this is this is something that is it's crazy to me that Jarrett would come out here and slander this 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 versatile fruit. So many wonderful health benefits. But uh, as I was saying before, I was so rudely derailed. <laughs> I rudely derailed from by this vagabond of uh, of ne'er do well. Yeah, this is he's, he's a fruit ne'er do well. Yeah, this uh, substandard fruit selection of of Jared. Wow. Uh, I will say that I, I would like for MLS to do what is happening with Wrexham and present us human stories around players and teams that are not filtered through uh, you know some kind of crazy corporate messaging system. Like, I, why do people know who Sunderland is now? Because uh, there was a show called Sunderland Till I Die mm-hmm. that showcased the good and the bad of of what it's like to be a professional player in in, in the training and the management and and the unvarnished uh, you know side of it. I think that if you present, there are enough characters in this league mm-hmm. between ownership, general management, and the player side that if you have someone come in who's not running it through you know the hyper filter and instead says look we're just presenting this documentary style i think that you could have it, it would do significant numbers and so i i really wish new year new you mls let's get on board for storytelling and for fan base i would like you to not uh you know uh you know be passionate and and and, and not go don't choose the chernobyl option at, at for every downturn save the chernobyl option keep it in your back pocket Keep it in your back pocket, tucked away. Just save it for the 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 really really big rainy day. That's my. I have idea. this argument with my clients all the time that if you send me emails and tell me something is critical every single time, every time, if everything's critical, then yes. nothing is. If yeah. you are constantly complaining about every single thing in sports and in life and making it seem like it is the be-all, end-all problem, and you cannot find any damn bit of nuance in your existence, Yes. then it is impossible to tell when Mm. you are bullshitting people and when you are genuinely upset. Yes. Oh, the urgent... I used to have a guy that would hit the urgent button for everything. Every little thing was the urgent button. And I said... I I reached out to him. I said, dude, why in God's name are you hitting the urgent button for everything? He's like, because I'm trying to get everything pushed to the top, you know, because... uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't care. All it ta- anytime you, you don't hit- understand, people are yeah. petty. If you do that, they're going to push you to the bottom out of spite. Mm-hmm. Cancer, uh, cancer, June birthday, abs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right there with you. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm a cancer. At least that's what I was told at a very young age. Uh, uh, right. So let's see. Oh, okay. Apple so all or nothing. Okay, actually, that gives me the idea though. Apple all or nothing. You know what yes. we need? You know, you know what I'm amazed we haven't had happen yet. Yeah. How has 
How has Apple, the, the technology company, not sponsored a team somewhere yet? Well, I mean, they're going to be... How have they not put the Apple logo on the front of somebody's shirt? Well, now with this now with this gig with uh, Major League Soccer, you're going to be seeing Apple TV on every jersey. You're going to be seeing the Apple, Apple, I think, on the shoulder. I think that's a Oh, I get that, but, like, there's got to be, like, like, Germany or England or somewhere, even MLS, like... We're like, because you had micro, like you had Xbox on the front of the kits for, for God forever, for um, for uh, Seattle. Yep. How was Apple not yep. put oh, you, just the Apple logo on the front of somebody's shirt? Man, there were kids in Iowa, there were kids in 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 Philly, New York, Atlanta, everywhere. I I, I used to work with a guy who said I bought the Seattle Sounders Xbox jersey just because it had Xbox on the front. Yeah. Not wrong. Uh, so then I would think that uh, to answer the OG's question, it would have to be Tim Cook, wouldn't it? For the Apple All or Nothing, the first feature, it would have to be Tim Cook. Uh, look, I, you know, he, he, look, he's a sports guy. He likes, oh. he, he, I mean, he likes Auburn, you know. He's an Auburn. I, I assume he is highly involved in whatever the hell Auburn is doing at any given moment. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, been, he's been on campus and he's been, uh, he, he's done the, the celebrity wave from the football field. You know those kinds of things. I mean, he has been engaged. So, I mean, the first how much he, did he? How much did he impact the last few moves, or was so, that more of a, a yellow whip? Yeah. Oh, uh, Ricky uh, Ricardo has has chimed in and said Tim Cook is not involved with athletics. I oh. guess it's just the Yellowwood guy. That's yeah, the, Jimmy Rain. Yeah, yeah. No, Jim, I know Jimmy Rain's got a heavy hand in that. Oh, but. very much so. Yes. Yeah, I want the Coca Cola with the script. It has to be the script on the front of the jersey. I I I want that. I, that's the one I'm more shocked of that has not all, happened all of, yet. Almost everybody who makes mock-ups, the, before Atlanta United revealed the first ever kit, when people were thinking, like, what could the kit look like? What would, what would it look like when we didn't really know yet? Mm-hmm. Almost all of them, the mock-ups that people made, had either had either app, had a, I'm sorry, not Apple, but either had Coca-Cola or Delta as the, as the stand-in sponsor for the kit. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That would be delightful. The, Which the I appreciate you putting something amazing. other than Chick Fil A on there. Well, and I mean, just I mean, just think about having the the Coca Cola cursive on a on a red jersey, much like we have with Atlanta United right now. I mean, they would get the polar bears out there, which then destroys my long term goal, which is for Atlanta United to adopt Izzy as their official mascot. Yes. Yeah, wow. we are we are in in agreement on this. Wow. Izzy, I, I want Izzy resurrection. I'm tired of uh, the Izzy burial. Um, I, I yeah. slander. Oh my God, these these heathens, these culturalist heathens. Wow, you guys Steelers. might you guys might be on your own island. I don't these know how many. Bar- yeah, the island of relevancy, John. That's oh, what it's that's the what island of. I was. It's the island of. I wasn't an adult during the '96 Olympics, so Izzy was just a part of what I knew. Uh huh. Yeah, that's Izzy. It. Izzy was your stuffed animal that you had. Yes, there in your bedroom, and you're kind of sitting there going, "Oh, hey, I, this is kind of cool." I remember going to the. Uh, I remember going to the blockbuster and renting the Izzy and the Quest for the Olympic Rings game, mm. which was just an incredibly horribly produced video game. Like, holy hell, it was bad, and it was basically built on like it, it was like someone decided, what if we made it look like a bad Sonic ripoff and played like a bad Earthworm Jim ripoff? Oh yeah, ah. Oh. But see, that's, there's a lot to unpack there, and none of it's good. No, yeah. Uh, and Jason Nix, oh, go ahead with Michael Head. Yeah, just uh, as a Delta alum, uh, we hated the name Atlanta United. 
rival airline that pretty much killed a DL kit sponsorship. I could completely understand that from a branding perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I could. So go ahead, go ahead with Nick's. Go ahead with Nick's. Hit it. Well, Izzy died so Blooper could live. Uh huh. At this point, though, Blooper, uh, Blooper. At this point, I think you could make them both work because Blooper is sort of like the uh, <laughs> Blooper is sort of like the the self sustaining energy source that mm-hmm. Alfred Molina's Doc Ock character builds. Oh in, yes, in in uh, Spider Man Two, which is the best Spider Man for the record. Um, and well, I'm sorry. It's the best Spider-Man other than Multiverse that they released a couple of years ago because that movie had no business being an absolute gem. Um, but of the live-action ones, uh, the second Spider-Man, the best one. Uh, it, 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 Blooper at this point is like a self-sustaining star that yeah. is just gonna keep going on its own, and you don't really need it to not be like. I think you. Can, I, I think he'd be fine. You can. You can have Izzy. You can put Izzy in a five-stripe kit. And and I, I'm, frankly, with the way the social media works, I wonder what the relationship between Blooper and Izzy would be. Oh, it would be a, a symbiotic relationship of absolute joy. <laughs> watch them clown on on other cities' teams would just be between the Mets slander and the Philly slander. It would just be a, a just a delight to watch. It, it, look, if. If uh, if Gritty and the Philly Fanatic can exist in the same city, I'm pretty sure that Blooper oh, and yeah. Izzy could yeah. exist in the same city. True. Yeah. I, I just you know with uh, with Blooper taking no ish from anybody, you know, with uh, if if Izzy was to come in, would Blooper have the res- with the respect for history, or sit there and go, what is this? What is this thing that that has all of these stars and halos and weird blue colors and things like that. How, the, how would Blooper respond? I think that's well, the... Well, it, the, the, the big thing here is that let's remember that when Blooper debuted, the venom oh. that was unleashed at oh. the organization, like that's... what in God's name is this like mutant bear thing that you've unleashed upon oh. us? And now it's like one of the best... <laughs> Yeah, to find his voice. Social media presence on uh, out there in for, sports, uh, in, in sports. sports, in sports, and and just it's whoever is running. I I I, I look at it like I don't want to ask any questions. Like the most interesting man in the world commercials for Dosekis. I don't want to know anything about the the, the real life person. I don't want to know anything about the the character outside of what is presented to me. Yeah. I just just let me live in my ignorant bliss. I I believe that I have this 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 mental image of a grown human being wearing the blooper costume 24/7 365 mm-hmm. and and operating a giant like a like a, a T-Mobile sidekick. It's like oh, yeah. issuing these venomous tweets to New, the New York Mets. <laughs> Fans. Well, the running and... joke last year, I think, was that he had like an iPhone six. Um, <laughs> but yeah, give me a T-Mobile Sidekick. There you go. Because that was that was a life changing phone. So oh, it was. So Michael Head was a, a volunteer for the '96 uh, Five Ring Classic, and he says, "My hate for Izzy goes beyond bounds." Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? It, it 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 would take a while for Izzy to grow on everybody, and that's fine. Because you know I what? Even Jesus had to convince people at first to. Mm. Okay, mm. so so the OG has come up with a question. We probably can address uh, 
you know, with Greg Garza coming up in short order and at 10 o'clock. What would the MLS All or Nothing on Apple TV look like? Uh, you, okay. All right. I'll Ooh. go there because I'll, I'll go there because I have the vision for it. Okay. I have a vision. Right. Well, now. I was going to say, the, don't, don't give away all of your, don't give away all of your vision because but, it gets taken. Well, I, the, the thing is, is, is I'll, I'll tell you a, a, a brief story. This would not be the first time something like this has happened. Okay. So I was like 11 years old and the, there used to be these commercials for the invention hotline. Right. Yeah. You call up, you give an invention, somebody likes you, you pitch on the phone and somebody you know, calls you up and says, yep, let's do it. Um, I had one because I had using Legos built shoes with roller skates in them. And I went through the whole process using my Legos of learning about physics and how you couldn't have the wheels pop to the side because the weight would break. The, and so you have to have them where they pop straight down and lock in place. Okay. And so I call the invention hotline and I'm like, I got this great idea for the, and this is 1991. Okay. This is wow. showing my age here. Okay. And, and so, you know, I, I call, I'm really excited. I pitch this idea and I hear nothing, right? Nothing. And, and like three, like I, I, not even three years later, it was longer than that. It was good. God, it was a lot longer than that. Yeah. So I, 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 I brought this girl over to, uh, to, you know, meet my, my parents and I'm lamenting this idea because I, I, the fact that this never went anywhere because I see these kids skating around the malls and everywhere else. And she's, and she, my mom says, and I, this is an absolute quote and a hundred percent fact. <laughs> she said, what? Well, they called back and they said, yeah, we would like to speak to Nicholas because he gave us this great idea. And, and we would love, this, we want to hear more. And my jaw hits the floor. And, and I said, Mom, what did you say to them? <laughs> uh, I, well, I said, he's 11 frapping years old. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> and then I silently shook and uh, walked out of the room. I bet you did. And I said, Mom, I could have been a billionaire. Yeah, you could have. I could have been a billionaire. All right. And, so, and, yeah, so that's where we are. So All right. My, my idea is very simply. Okay. Oh, wait. Hold on. No, we got, we have, we have royalty here. Yeah, we do. But go ahead and finish. Well, we got royalty. Okay. I'm, so, my I'm idea. In, I'm in for story time right now. Uh, there we go. <laughs> well, my, we've, we've moved from my, my, uh, my utter uh, sadness at not being a billionaire because of the, the wheelies to now that my idea for all or nothing is. You have very small guerrilla style teams uh, of, of photojournalists set up. All you do is record. Everything would be mobile. Everything would be cloud-based, very easy to cut together. And you just do dial-ins. They do it with the deadliest catch. They do it with ships that are out there in the middle of the Bering Sea. It's not that difficult to do. Uh, and you capture some of these great personalities you capture some of the, the issues that go on as far as, you know, teams struggling, trying to get, you know, their legs underneath them. And you, you, you have the opportunity to capture magic and you have Apple TV, you have the platform, you, you don't have any kind of crazy distribution deal you have to work through the deals there. And if somebody steals this idea and runs with it and it benefits the league and it benefits the players and somebody out there suddenly realizes, oh crap, who's this guy? Wait, he's really marketable. Good God, let's get him an endorsement deal. 
everyone wins, right? That's what I want. I want that. I'm Mo Green. I want everybody to win. <laughs> so, that's, I, I don't think I'm that crazy with the idea. But No, but see, now, once again, since it's 930 on a Friday morning, uh, Greg Garza and his uh, morning cup of coffee are hanging out with us, uh, with our friends at Beyond Girls Mentoring. And uh, so, since we are, we've, we've gone down, it's a Friday, Greg, and you know how things kind of go on Fridays. We, we go off the rails pretty easily. I, I love it. Right, so yeah. is there, is there a, a soccer invention or an invention when you were growing up or, or playing or anything like that, that you had that you said, man, this would be a great idea if, if, uh, if you could find the way to invent something is, have you, have you ever thought about, uh, inventing something and bringing it to bringing it to the masses i think when i was a kid it was the uh it was the string the stretchy the stretchy rope that you would tie around your ankle that came out when i was a kid do you remember that yeah you'd kick the ball and it would just spring right back to you oh yes um but then at the end of the day i had a pretty massive red brick wall in my driveway um with a couple of windows in it as well so <laughs> that was much more useful than a string bringing a ball back because I would, I would kick that ball as hard as I could against that wall and just constantly work on my touch every single day. Um, and one thing I always tell my mentees is, you know, you have to train. Most important time to train is when nobody is watching, mm-hmm. right? When nobody is watching, nobody tells you to go outside. Mom and dad don't tell you to go outside. You ha- you take that initiative, right? And you and you go. Um, you know, and for me that that. That was probably the first invention that I remember of, you know, was it, did I get it? Yeah, I probably had my parents buy it for me because I was a spoiled little brat. But at the same time, I think I probably used it for like less than an hour and was like, well, this, this isn't giving me the same benefit as a, as a red brick wall would give me. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I think that's the one in soccer invention. I mean, you had the kickbacks, you know, I mean, you would use the, 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 the baseball nets or the baseball springs that I had. Um, and we'd, we'd, I'd use that every once in a while when I was a kid, but nothing beats a ball in a wall, man. There's, there's nothing better. Jared Smith. First question for Greg Garza this morning. Oh my God. Oh, after all that, it's <laughs> a lot to unpack from the last like 15 minutes. Jesus, y'all. <laughs> also, I had a hit away that I used for the same purpose and I concussed myself with it on like the third day. Um, there was like elastic where the baseball <laughs> would meet. And for, and for some reason, I wasn't paying attention when I was swinging, and I hit the elastic, and the uh, composite metal bat just popped right back into my skull. Oh, my so gosh. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, those, those I, tools I, I, can be great, except when you're getting sloppy as, like, an 11-year-old, and you're not paying attention to what you're doing. I actually saw something, I think it was on Instagram the other day, that a dad – he had his son in, in, in the cul-de-sac or whatever. And they had a, 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 he was working on his, on his hits baseball. I see, I was a much more big, bigger baseball kid than I was soccer. So this guy had tied a fishing pole and a fishing line around the baseball and the kid would hit it off the tee and he would just reel it back in. So you never have to go get the ball again. So um, that was a pretty cool invention and something that, <laughs> Something that you know, thinking out of the box, right? You don't have to go get all the balls. You just reel it back in. You're ready. You're ready to go again. Absolutely, Nicolif, you go for it. Well, is, is there anything that Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Would teach you better control and touch than that ultimate fear of the first time you really whack the ball and it drives right toward the window and maybe bends away at the last minute. You're like, <gasps> oh my. And, and thank God. The ball barely misses the window, but then you learn, okay, I need to do this next time so I don't bust the windows. Now, the, did you the, break, break any windows, Greg? Uh, probably. <laughs> Statue of limitations. My parents' garage is still not open correctly, uh, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later. Um, and that's, that's, that's my fault. Um, my dad was just, you know, he's, he's too cheap to ever, ever got it fixed, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, there were a lot of things that, um, you know, that I, I that that wall for me, I, it was really funny because I, it's it's you, you see other you see so many kids, um, you know, whether it's and it's no it's no hard hit on the personal trainers that are out there because I think it's so much needed. You know, private training is so important because you get that individual, um, you know, base training, but there's so many trainings and sometimes I, I, I do the same thing. I, I, I love to take kids out and train them individually and, and work on, you know, their touches. Um, and you see some trainers throwing out, you know, things that they have to catch while they have the ball and they're juggling and all these different things. And you're thinking, do you see all these different ladders and jumps that these kids are doing? And I saw a video uh, by Berbatov. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows Berbatov um, who, I mean, for a massive guy, the guy had, amazing techers when i remember watching him at man U when i was a kid and just saying holy moly this guy's techers are, are, are unbelievable um the guy would just be able to control a ball out of the air and he put a video i think it was on instagram the other day as well um of, of why his touch was so good why he had such a good touch and then we always talk about strengths and and i think one of my major strengths in my career was was my touch my technical ability because i was always the smallest kid on the field or smallest man on the field I had to use my technical ability to kind of, to kind of, you know, weave my way around, around people. And Berbatov used the example of when he was a kid, he had a wall and he would just nail the ball over and over against it um, and just work, works, you know, constantly on his touch. And I, that would be my biggest piece of advice to kids is don't worry so much about catching the red, blue, or, or whatever penny that some coach is throwing up. And, and, and while you're juggling, because, you know, are, do those things sometimes help? Yeah. Yeah. I guess they can, but, man so many players that that were such big time players they didn't they didn't have they didn't have those those things to use and all they used was a wall and a ball and they nailed it and smashed that ball against that wall over and over again and at the end of the day once you get to a certain age it doesn't matter you know what color of of of, of tube or whatever you can catch it matters your touch is the most important thing so um, that that would be my biggest piece of advice, and yeah, that, I, I saw so much benefit when I was a kid from kicking that ball against that wall. Jared Smith continues the fatal four-way on the Friday free kick with Greg Garza. Jared, what else is on your mind? 
put an effort and build off this. Uh, <laughs> a, a rebuild? Is a rebuild into play today? Sure, oh, man. Um, I don't know we have a rebuild off of this conversation. <laughs> as far as like, as far as like, you know, you're talking about with the kids and whatnot. How how are you know, with with you and with Michael and anybody else with Young Goals? How does the conversation generally go with the parents about you know staying on top of kids, but also not being overbearing about it? Yeah, of course. Uh, that, that's that's a huge piece, right? Um, I, I, I'll be completely honest with you. I think there are so many parents that are living their own dreams within their kids, right? And and that can be within any sport, right? Any sport that, and, and it could be even within school, right? It could be parents who are doctors and 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 you know they they want their kid to be nothing else but a doctor, and that's a lot of pressure on that on that specific individual. So we speak about you know applying pressure. Um, from the parent side, you know, uh, the, the, the amount of support that is needed. Um, I think the best way, you know, that, that I can give an example of it, of my own personal experience is that my, my mom, my dad traveled every single week to work and provide for us. Um, but my mom, my mom was, was very adamant about, you know, just giving me little, little tweaks in conversation of, Hey, it's a Friday night. Your friends are going out to the movies and, and all my friends invited me and the movie starts at, you know, 8.30 PM. And well, back in the day, the movies weren't four hours long. They were an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But, you know, think about when you're going to finish that movie and think about when you're going to get home because you have a game tomorrow morning. Right. She would throw those little things out just to kind of keep, keep me responsible and, and, and have myself kind of hold, hold, had me, you know, kind of hold myself accountable towards, towards certain things uh, of what my priorities were. Um, and that's really interesting you said, because I had a conversation with a kid last night about that same exact thing, just what, what to prioritize in certain situations and how parents can help out with prioritizing those, those decisions that are made by the kids. From the pressure standpoint, if you look at me and you watch me at a youth game and I have my two older kids that are playing, I am the furthest one away <laughs> watching them at the corner. If there is anything that I see, I will wait until after the game um, or at halftime and I'll pull them over and kind of give them a little piece of advice, but nothing to where, what are you doing? You need to do more, hustle more, because at the end of the day, that kid is the one that's going to make that that decision of, of what he wants, right? Um, kids are going to be obsessed with the fact if they want to get better or not, right? And it's always going to be their decision. Um, it's, uh, there's going to be a point in time where they get to an age to where then they're going to stop listening to their parents and it's going to be what about be about what they want. Nicolifi, go for it. With these with these mentoring sessions that you have, is, is there a common thread that you're seeing with kids nowadays that, that that like no matter what the technical ability is, is there something that you're seeing whether it's confidence, whether it's a lack of confidence, out, outside stressors, what are, what's the common thread that you seem to be seeing? Amongst yeah. the people that you are, are yeah, mentoring. out of out of all the mentees that we have, you said it. Um, lack lack of confidence is number one, um, and self acceptance, in, in my opinion, is number two. Self acceptance to be comparing yourselves to others, um, not focusing on what you have in front of you, and, and and looking at some kid who has, you know, X amount of followers on Instagram because he does some really cool skill moves, um, or you know, thinking this one kid is on the first team and you're on the third team and you'll never be anything because, you know, that kid's already way above you. Right. Those, those are the types of conversations that most kids have. And it's, it's the comparison to others and lack of confidence. And, and it doesn't matter what, what situation they're in. 
Um, that's usually the main theme. I would say for our, you know, more uh, elite players, it is the the knowledge and want of soccer IQ, right? How how can how can I be better in understanding positioning? How can I be better in understanding um, the vision that I need, uh, the awareness that I need on the field? Um, but I would say the main theme and and, and the main topic would always be confidence and self-acceptance uh, for most of our kids because i, I know that uh, parky on twitter had mentioned the phrase set the kid up for the path don't set the path up for the kid coco reminds us of that in the twitch pitch this morning and you know i think a lot of times you have the the parents who are wanting to to set the path and set the guidepost and it's like okay this is how you need to do things, and it ends up being detrimental in the long run instead of letting the the kid figure out who they are, both as an individual and as an athlete. It can be double damaging, for lack of a better phrase. Most definitely. I, I think, you know, one major and, and, and great piece of advice that I think my, my mom probably gave me when I was a kid and as I became a pro was, you know, um, think, think best case scenario, plan, plan for the worst. Right. And I think, you know, that's, that's always the, the, the mindset that we have to have, even as parents, right. Um, you, you have to, you have to plan, you have to give your kids plans for the worst case scenario. So they will be prepared, but you always want them to think the outcome is going to be the best, the best possible. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, the, the professional mindset that I, I think every professional athlete probably, probably has, right. You're, you're planning, you're, you're planning everything during that season. Okay. What if uh, you ask that one question, if I don't get signed again to this renewal, or if I don't get this, what is, what is our plan going to be? And you, you think of that from the very get go, but you're not thinking that the whole entire season, you're thinking about how you can accomplish and how you can do everything for, for that, uh, ultimate goal and objective to happen. Um, and I think that's a, a great, a great piece of advice to always, you know, as a parent um, and even as a kid, you, you, you plan for the worst, but you always think you always think best. Jared Smith, you're next. Any topics on the table? With Greg Garzling beyond goals matter. Yeah, so one of the guys we um, the other guys we talked about a lot last year here uh, was a guy like George Campbell, who was a bit of a late bloomer, um, you know, changed positions. He's coming through the academy. Uh, really jumped up physically with growth late in his teenage years versus what other kids might go through. How do you have those conversations with kids about, you know, some guys are going to peak and not peak to say that that's as good as they get. Some guys will really hit that jump when they're a younger teenager and other guys, it, it comes later when they just keep pushing and working at it. And how do you have that conversation with kids to keep them, to keep them motivated in a sense? Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a move, what a move, by the way. Um, for George, that's that's a, a hefty a hefty price for a kid that 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 still I think in, in my opinion still needs a lot of experience within within the game of play. Um, so that's a lot of pressure to to his shoulders for this next for this next year. That's a lot of faith and 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 belief that Montreal is is obviously putting into him. Um, you know, and that's that's all that's obviously another topic, right? Of, of dealing with that and going into a going into a foreign country. Because Montreal is its own, is its own, uh, is its own place. He's going to have to learn French. He's going to have to, you know, adapt to that culture pretty quickly as well. Um, but you know, I think George is the perfect example of whenever he first started training with the first team. And I tell people this all the time. I love people who prove 
who prove us wrong, uh, guys that are veterans and guys that have kind of been through, you know, the, the ropes of, of, of playing at a high level for a really long time. And I remember George's first training with us as a first team. And I remember thinking to myself of all the kids that were there, he was probably one of the, the, the last few that I think probably would have made it. And that's my honest opinion. But I think you look at as he continued to train with us and as he continued to develop within training with the first team and those for that first year that he was with the first team, his mindset and his work ethic was out of this world. And so, you know, you can never judge a book by its, by its cover of just one tr first training, right? Um, you get to know these kids and you get to know their mindset and what's behind uh, of wanting and the willingness to learn and to put, you know, put towards their own success. And Miles Robinson is another great example of that, right? Um, of seeing Miles within that first, the first two seasons under Tata and playing a total of four games, mm -hmm. five games total within the first two years as, as being a pro. And now look where he is. I mean, in my opinion, he's the the, the, the most valuable center back that the U.S. men's national team has at the moment. But for him to also have the mindset of going through that phase of learning and the willingness and want to continue to build uh, kind of their own legacy um, and their own story, that, that, that takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of resilience. We use that word constantly with our mentees. Um, and, and, and to see those guys come out of it and, and, and transform. And you look at, at, at George Campbell and, and say, man, that guy transformed, that kid transformed into something very special and, and learn from the people that were around him. He, he had the patience, he had the resilience of continuing, continuously wanting to get better each and every day. And it's every day that counts when you're a pro. It's not just one week. It's not just a month. It's every single day that you can learn from. All right, Nick, do you want to be the one to ask about the rebuild question? For Atlanta United? I mean, what, what rebuild? We were talking about rebuild. <laughs> I, I I think that. See, here here's the thing, Greg. Is that I have some I have some views on on sort of the natural life cycle of of teams, especially within the salary cap space, which is this cap is designed for people to go high, and then over a period of time, you're going to dip down a bit. And the strength of, you know, the, the, the youth, the strength of your mid-level players on the team are going to be the ones who will prevent it from cratering. I, I don't know how to define a rebuild. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, if we would qualify this as a rebuild. Um, is, is, it, is it presumptuous of, of me to ask you to, would you define this as a rebuild or would you define this as, just a natural evolution. I know that's a very dangerous word here in this town. Uh, it, the natural evolution of of the the life cycle of a salary cap team. Yeah, um, I mean, let's let's go into other sports. Yep. Right. Look at Atlanta Braves. Mm -hmm. Great example. You lose Freddie Freeman last year. Is it a rebuild? Nope. Nope. You lose Swanson this year. Is it a rebuild? Nope. Nope. Because there's a there's a core piece of group of guys that are there within Atlanta Braves that will probably that they will still have an ability and a chance to still continue their success within the next couple of years. Um, 
within Atlanta United. You lose. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of, a lot of guys this year, right, that you could say are, are, are key guys to playing every single game, right? Some of the guys we're losing this year played every single game. Uh, then you lose someone, you know, I mean, obviously, we, I think we can say it by now, right? You lose someone that who will probably have a statue outside of out of the stadium at, at some point in time, who I think deserves a statue outside the stadium. But with that said, do you still have a core group of guys that are there that you can say, okay, we can rebuild. <laughs> we can rebuild around these core group of guys, mm-hmm. um, and and I think you know, you look at it and you say, okay, Miles Robinson has got to be at the at the top of that list. Brad Guzan has got to be at the top of that list. Ozzy Alonso has got to be at the top of that list. But where have these guys been the past year? They've they've been on injury list, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to your core group of guys. Brooks Lennon is another guy who's probably that uh, part of that 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 core list. And even Andrew Gutman can probably go within that 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 core group of list of guys who you know you can count on. Those are reliable guys. They are invaluable. Um, there's only four four guys that I mentioned right there. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is kind of tossed up in the air and saying, "I we're going to have to rebuild." I, I named the goalie and four defenders right there, right? Out of a 23. Out of a 23-man roster. Right, and that doesn't even include second-team guys that are hanging, that are a part of the system. You know, you're talking, what, 30 on an MLS roster, 23, make it to, to week and then 18 on game day. So, yeah, you mentioned four out of 30 or five I, out of 30. I'm, I'm mentioning four out of probably the most consistent playing, reliable in my opinion, invaluable guys that you can count on. I think the rest is is up, and just in my personal opinion, the rest is up for for grabs, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I, I believe it is going to be a, a rebuild. You, you you have to find it, it's it's a start, not necessarily from zero. It's not a start from scratch, but it is a start from twenty five percent. I just named a quarter out of guys that that, that will play. So I think. It is going to be you, – you are going to have to make some 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 pretty – obviously, you have Tiago, right, that's still there. And, and, and I, I didn't mention his name because I think I think if there is any point in time to where you want to sell Tiago, it's got to be now, right? Um, there is if, no, if you get the offer that you can't refuse. If you get the offer that you can, there is no better moment to get your money's worth at what his value is probably set to right now. And I don't even want to know what it's set to right now. I don't even want to look at transfer market and, <laughs> and see what his value is because I know Atlanta will make money on him regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but his highest value, his highest value is probably right now. Oh, that World Cup bump. In his yeah. career. does not matter if he played five minutes in the World right. Cup. It does not matter. It's his highest value is, is, is right now. Um, so I think, you know, with the names that I mentioned, I think, you know, you, you have to build – 
you have to build around those guys and all of those guys most of most of those guys are coming back from injury so um you you have to it's 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 going to be a i think it'll be a tough task as a fan now right as a fan i think it'll be a tough task um this year and, and hopefully we can make some some really good signings that, that that come into play and are also invaluable to what atlanta stands for what atlanta united stands for and i think atlanta united has to be a team every year that makes the playoffs um, with the amount of fan base, with the amount of, you know, just success that they have already achieved. Um, and, and I think a great team of what you mentioned of how teams, you know, have that high and then kind of go through that down is Sporting Casey. Sporting Casey, yeah. I always use them because they had a core group of guys back then, a few years ago, that were always the core. Then you get rid of Ilya Sanchez. Then you, oh, you, and you, you don't get, replace him. And you get rid of other guys within that team that that were so beneficial to their core group. And now you only look at it and you think, man, I think Graham Zussi is the only one part of that core group that is still there. And they are also in a phase of rebuild. And look at what last season was for them. It was very hard to watch. Such mm -hmm. a successful MLS team that always makes the playoffs not make the playoffs, maybe in the last two years. And so, yeah, I think you're, you're fine. Atlanta United is finally in that, in that phase to where, yeah, you're going to have to start making some signings that are, you know, going to be uh, invaluable to what Atlanta United stands for. Jared Smith, I know that the real world turns into your driveway very quickly. Your last question. Uh, and, and and this is a this is another side of that that like yeah it's it's not as messy but it's this is a thing that I've argued for the last year plus I guess on here is because we we had it brought up about guys moving on about and not just with Atlanta with other teams with the salary cap issue of I've been a proponent for a while of just open the damn cap up change how you want to do DPS change how you want to do monopoly money change whatever you want but open it up and let teams spend what they want to spend. And I think aside from teams maybe loading up and other teams not loading up, I think you get I think you would end up with more continuity instead of, you know, having somebody leave because the, the club has to save money somewhere. Guys are able to stay longer in one spot. And also, you could hold different conversation, but you could look at the, the way free agency works within MLS to where guys can have a little more freedom to go where they want to go if they're out of contract. Yeah, I, 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 I will agree to disagree there because I will say if a okay. club really wants a guy to stay, they will do whatever it takes. Yeah. And, okay. and that, that's, that's the, the, the biggest you know, thing within sports. If there is a club that really wants this guy to stay, they, they will find a way. Even with cap constraints. Even with cap constraints. They will find a way. You look at LA Galaxy – for their their time of where they were the absolute here they were the top of the league and you would ask yourself how do these guys continue to stay where are they getting this money from well they're getting it from somewhere but those guys continue to stay and they continue to have that success and you know I think that that's a great example of it you know uh, of of you know I think. Uh, and at the end of the day, right, you, you see all these other teams, all the other teams within the MLS, we, we all follow the same rules, right? We all follow the same 
ruling of salary cap. And it's, it's a, it's a chess match. It's a chess match on trying to figure out how much to pay one particular player and how are you going to get the most out of them? Right. Um, and, and, and you look at, you look at examples of, you know, Emerson Henman not being able to play the last couple of, of years and, and, and being on a very hefty contract. And now you release up some money right there. And now you're able to use, hopefully spread that out. And once again, I say, find people, you need to find industrial guys that are going to be invaluable to the team and invaluable. Of, they are going to put in that work every single day and they are going to be the most reliable guys that you can count on, not only in performing, but also in the locker room being guys that 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 are, are great to be around. And I know we're heading into extra time here with Greg. Nicolifi, last question. I think you and I are both uh, soccer parents there, Greg. So, uh, Back to the mentoring side of the business, uh, what is, what's something, you know, it, it's one thing to say, okay, prepare the, the, the kid for the path, not the path for the kid, but what are some things that we can do as parents to m- maybe just take the step back and let the kids, you know, to help foster the love of the game other than trying to be, uh, you know, soccer parent analyst on the sideline, what can we do to help foster the love of the game? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. I always like to say, um, you know, the the power of positivity is, is by far the most important thing, right? Um, being positive with whatever the situation may be. Um, you know, us as, us as human beings, Michael says it all the time. We're, we are wired and and geared to have our, you know, thoughts throughout the day, 80% negative and 20% positive. Um, and, and, and us as humans and us as parents, how do we, you know, trans, you know, how do we, how do we put that within our kids of helping them think positively throughout every single situation that they're going through. And then the other big piece of me for, for, for me right there is, you know, why do we play the game? Right. The, the, I always use the example of some kid asking my, me and my son, my nine-year-old son was standing right next to me. Um, and, and the kid came up to me and he said, Hey, your, your son has to be, your son's going to be a pro. He has to be a pro. And my son is sitting right there. And I said, why? And he said, well, because you played pro his grandpa played pro and his uncle plays pro. He's got to follow in your, in your path. And I, I asked that kid back and I said, well, well, why do you play soccer? And he said, what do you mean? I, well, I said, it's a simple question. Why do you play soccer? And he said, well, because I love it and because it's fun. And I said, well, guess what I did? And I got, I was fortunate and lucky enough to do it for 13 years, but guess why I played soccer? And he said, because you loved it and because it was fun. I said, yeah, I got to make a living out of it. But the only reason I played soccer was because I loved it and because it was fun. And that is the best answer that I think I could have given my nine-year-old son of to always play the game, not to become a pro. Always play the game, not to, to, to make tons of money and, and do all these cool things, but play the game because it is fun and because you love it. And as a parent, that is the most important message that I think we can always give our kids. Yeah, do we want our kids to succeed? Yeah, do we want them to do extremely well on the field? But at the end of the day, why did I'm, I'm sure you played the game at a young age, and I guarantee you, you played it because you probably might still play it today. You still play it because you love the game and it's fun, not necessarily to win. Right. And so, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's that's the most important message that we can we can, uh, you know, give to our kids.
All right, now that we're early in 2023, what's the latest with Beyond Goals, Greg? What's going on? Yeah, everything's uh, everything's great. Just uh, continuing on from what we did in 2022. Continue to try and inspire these young these young kids, and um, you know, help them understand the the, the values and, and and responsibilities and and ways to hold themselves accountable throughout their their own youth journeys, and setting them up for success in whatever it may be, whether it be sports and soccer for the rest of their lives. Um, or whether it be whatever they, they, they put their minds to and, and, and want to uh, achieve in their lives. So um, just serving as a mentor, serving as uh, someone who can be um, uh, as big as an inspiration with the platform that we've, we've been given and uh, continuing on from what we, what we created. And we will continue to talk to you and Parky on a weekly basis here on the Friday Free Kick. It's always great to catch up with you, my friend, to kind of peel back the curtain on not just mentoring, but the game in, uh, the game in general and everything going on in your orbit. Greg, as always, great to have you here on the show, and we'll catch up next week. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank All right. you. Have a good Greg, one. Greg Garza, he's going to go drink his coffee now. And uh, so Greg is uh, – Greg is – he's just going to have his coffee. He's going to hes going to try and hang out for a little bit. You know, he's just hes just doing his thing on a Friday. Hang it. And he, he and Parky coming on every other week, it's fantastic. I, I, look, <laughs> I have said – Many times, I wish to God I had something like Beyond Goals when I was coming up because my dad played semi-pro. Um, he had tried out for the national team. Uh, he, you know, there was a lot of pressure from uncles and cousins. Hey, your dad's this incredible player. And, and you know, that pressure just broke me as a kid because it's like, all right, if I misplay a ball, I'm, I'm, I'm not as good as Tony Alifi. I'm not as... You know, I can't, if I can't do this or I can't do that, I'm not as good. And to, to talk through, to have that opportunity to, to talk through with somebody in, 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 a, in a space that is welcoming, right? You know, like that to me is, oh, my God. And, and we, I talk about this a lot of times with the, um, you know, with so, so some of the veteran uh, you know, charity work that, that I do is that, it's it's all about trying to find a space where people feel comfortable having conversations. So, cause you know, some people feel that they can open up when they're cooking or when they're cleaning or when they're working out or whatever. And, and so for a kid who loves soccer to have that space where they, they're playing the game with someone who has played at the highest levels that, you know, the opportunity for conversation, there, important, meaningful honest conversation man I, i'm glad they're doing it now i'm not mad that i didn't have it as a kid yeah. i just i just it's it's good to look there and be like all right this is a really good thing because man this is something i wish we had you know we had earlier on all right we got a lot of stuff to get into a lot of mls stuff and uh, gossip rumor and innuendo who's going where and what and all of that uh we'll see we have the the mls all or nothing on apple tv we have that topic mm. probably address that on monday too just to kind of have uh, how would you like to see MLS's all or nothing on Apple? How would you like to see that go? Uh, uh, yeah, like I said, like the like deadliest catch. You yeah. know, we, you have the big map of the United States and Atlanta bleeps and, you know, the little icon bleeps. And then, whoosh, you know, you're at the ch- the training ground and you're checking in with a player who's been injured and they're maybe rehabbing. And, you know, you get some words of wisdom and then 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then back to the map and, you know, now you're in LAFC and... You know, you're trying to find another, uh, you know, 47-year-old former, uh, you know, Champions League player that you're trying to bring onto the roster and <laughs> he's going to be there for a long time, quote-unquote, but he's actually wanting to go play golf, hey, you know, whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, but I, I think that there's there's something there with it, man. Yeah. Uh, so we got player transactions. Uh, Joao Felix got sent off. And so the 21-game uh, deal that he had with Chelsea is now 18. Uh, because of the red card he picked up yesterday in the match against Fulham. And so uh, I don't know if you saw this, but now the average salary per game for Joao Felix uh, in his time at Chelsea this season, $666,666 per game. Give me that number again. 666,666. Oh, God. Mm Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot different had the full 21 games been in play, but the three-match red card he's probably going to get for the nasty tackle from yesterday gives us that salary figure for Joao Felix and his time at Chelsea this year. Yeah, there's a few Iron Maiden songs about that, yeah. so uh, you know, just throw that out there. Yeah. But, uh, look, it, one, I have to say how terrifying it is that Joao Felix looks like like the evil clone of Ricky Kaká. Like, like it's, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> if Hook was in the Premier League, that's what he would look like. I'm just saying, like, it, it, it is, it, you know, they, they, somebody had a picture of, of, uh, Jao Felix wearing a mask. And it was like, you know, it's the new, it's the new AC Milan identi- like identifier, <laughs> you know, like, like, it's like we're, instead of identify the stop, uh, all the pictures with the stop sign in it, now it's like identify Ricky Kakad. It's like, you know, the, the sweating guy, like, you know, like, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, but I'm, I'm just, uh, hey, hey, dun, dun, dun. That's right, Ricky Ricardo, <laughs> clone or secret son? Secret Find out next son. week. Exactly. But yeah, look, man, uh, uh, the there's a lot of good that I think comes with Jao Felix going to the Prem. Mm-hmm. You know, it absolutely raises his profile infinitely more than it would have been at uh, at Letty, but it it's brother to get mm-hmm. sit off in your in your debut mm-hmm. was oh it was it was a, it was a, it was a it was a studs up into the shin really nasty tackle so uh, oh and uh, Tiago Almada the last update on his value at transfer market was before the uh, world competition and it had him at fifteen million euro. So this is he has not had a reevaluation after the World Cup. He has not received the World Cup bump yet. 
Well, it, it's it, it, it all his agent has to do is <laughs> post the point. picture point. of him walking past Emmanuel Macron with the medal walking standing next to the trophy. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's like, well, why should I pay $35 million for this player? Here, I'm going to send you an image. Yes. Uh, this is, it's, it's a raw image. Almada.jpg. Yeah, uh, no, it's, oh, it's bigger than that, buddy. We're, we're going bigger than JPG. We're, we are shutting the graphics processor on your computer <laughs> down with the size of this image. And just, just send it through, and there's two, there's two, le- you know, two words on there. Acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it, and and that's why you're paying that money. And I wouldn't be shocked if a team like Atletico Madrid was to call up and say, "Hey, look, uh, 35, 35 mil for him," you know, because yeah. that's a good deal for Atleti. So I think that there's a especially if you're trying to get rid of Joao Felix. I did. I mean, loan, so, loan. So all I'm saying, uh, I well, you're you're not loaning a player like that out without the intent of. Oh, I know. Yeah. We, we are no, tied. You're, you are technically correct. You are technically correct. I'll put yes. that there. Yeah, technically correct. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you want to talk about the Club World Cup? We actually have our grid out now for the oh, Club do World we? Cup. Yep. Uh, we, we now know the first opponent for Seattle Sounders. By the, and uh, it, uh, first match is Alakli in Auckland City. The winner of that one gets Seattle Sounders in match number two. Oh, wow. And Seattle. if... If Seattle wins that match on February 4, in the semifinals, they would get Real Madrid. No pressure. I want that to happen. Let's look. Let's just get the. Uh, you know, I want to. Why not put it out there? All it does is benefit the league. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, if for an MLS club to be in Club World Cup, even if they get annihilated by Real Madrid. It's, it does nothing but benefit. It does nothing but benefit the league. Yep. So it, it's, you know, there, there are some players that are going to be identified and that were previously, um, that were previous unknowns to the, the global soccer community. Yep. And, and so it's, you, you know, there, there's, it's an opportunity for some of these guys to get, you know, looks in a, in a setting against talent that they normally wouldn't get a chance to guys who were not called up for the world cup. Um, you know, now you're going against mother blank and real Madrid or Alahli or whatever, then, you know, hey. it, there's opportunities, man. Bruce knock, Rui Diaz, Nico Ladero, Joel Paulo, Obed Vargas on the young side, uh, Eber, Bruce knock, all of those guys getting seen, and the younger guys, too, getting seen on the world stage in Morocco. Uh, no, we have not booked our tickets, and we will not be doing we will not be doing soccer over there from Morocco, at least not this year. Oh, I'd love to, though. Scott's Cheap Flights, which is now known as Going, yes, um, had a, recently had a, uh, a massive uh, flight deal from, I believe it's from JFK to Morocco. I want to say it was like four fifty or something like that's that. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. No, and, and typically like eight hundred. So yeah, and uh, Nick's, I know with new who, new who, you don't know which new who you're going to get, and so I imagine if you get uh, if you get evil new who against Real Madrid, that would be that would be interesting to see on the world stage. 
uh, where Nuhu just kind of gives you the Gordie Howe hat trick, uh, goal assist and being sent off, something like that. Uh, you know, Ricky's dream would be to see Atlanta United play Real Madrid someday. I'd love to see that too. That would be fantastic. Uh, Burns says that Real Madrid is going to score at least six on Seattle in that in that uh, semifinal as we plot things forward. So I, I want to know the squad that Real Madrid sends. And if, you know, in that first match, they kind of do some uh, wholesale changes where it's not the, the starting 11 that you think. But, you know, if it's tight late, then with 30 to go or 20 to go, then you bring in the big guns and you end up with, uh, you know, Real Madrid. That's a good question. Uh, Club World Cup, is it on TV or streaming? Probably yes, but uh, nothing in the article from uh, nothing from the article in and of itself as to where it would be. So we might have to do something like a VPN or something like that. But uh, Club World Cup, I think in the past it's been on FS2. You're out right. Exactly, Ricky. FS2. So keep an eye out for FS2, considering that uh, that three-letter network is now into the event business and not necessarily into the games business when it comes to uh, showing events and things like that. Hmm. Uh, tra- uh, transfer tracker. The first one, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little, little names that, uh, we've got, uh, sporting KC signs, German left back, Tim Leibold, Minnesota United from the murder owls has signed a super draft pick, Ryan Jiva, Michael Chang gets a uh, contract extension at RSL. Uh, and there are th- three that I wanted to kind of focus on here. The first one for you, Nick, FC Cincinnati, hmm. Apparently, mm-hmm. has received an offer from oh. Udinese Ooh. for Brenner. Deal would be worth around $9 million, including add-ons, as well as a sell-on percentage. Numerous other European clubs remain in the mix for Brenner as the expectation. More offers will arrive, and that came from Tommy Scoops. So Udinese and Brenner. Question mark. Um, from a playing perspective... It would be interesting. It would go along with Udinese's profile, uh, how they profiled players. They absolutely want to have the, the they are for, firm believers in buy low, sell high. They are not a major market team, right? Uh, uh, for those who don't know, you're talking about it's a team to the like the farthest team to the east, the northeast of uh of Italy. And so, you know, I, maybe they see something. I don't, I don't know. I uh, nine mil. Okay. If you have other teams that are chasing allegedly, Mm -hmm. then, then fantastic. But I would, uh, I'm going to trust that Udinese, who's kind of been pretty sneaky on talent sourcing in the past. Um, kind of know what they're doing on this one. I, it's not a move that I would make, but, you know, they get paid to make those moves, and I don't, so. Yes. Uh, also on the board, Toronto FC signs Dio, and I don't mean Ronnie James. Holy Exactly. Adama Diamande is back in MLS. Bob Bradley has brought in Dio to help out up front. Dio went through waivers. And Bradley and uh, Dio were together at LAFC, under contract through 24 with an option for 25. Uh, prepared quote in the press release from Bob Bradley. Quote, 
I had the opportunity to work with Dio at Staback and at LAFC. Excited to welcome him to Toronto FC. Proven striker, vast experience playing in MLS in Europe. Smart runs, athletic presence, and skill to finish in the box will immediately impact our attack. He turns 33 before the 23 season starts. 24 goals, 11 assists, 52 appearances, all comps for LAFC in two-plus seasons. Left uh, LAFC in 2020, citing family reasons and uh, joined, and he went back home since departing LAFC. He's played in China and Qatar, most recently on the books in Odds BK in his native Norway before searching for a new club. That means that now, up front, it is Jesus Jimenez, Ayo Akinola, the number nine group flanked by Bernadeschi and Insigne, and uh, signings continue where they brought in Jonathan Osorio, Matt Hedges, which I think helps more than possibly bringing in a 33-year-old Dio up front, Victor Vasquez in the re-entry draft, and all of those guys are 30 or older. So once again with Toronto FC, Nick, we're seeing that Bob Bradley is going veterans and trying to get things done that way. Well, I think that's going to work great for them in the beginning of the season. Yes. Right. In the beginning of the season, they're going to look like you know world beaters. But – you know, I, look, it's, it's someone who's in his 40s, I can assure you, playing in cold weather, uh, you know, that takes a toll. Mm-hmm. That, that, that youthful body that would heal so quickly isn't there anymore uh, <laughs> as, you, as you matriculate through your 30s. But uh, especially with the wear and tear that those guys have on them, Bernadeschi and uh, Insigne. Mm-hmm. But... I I have a lot of questions about that roster and Bob Bradley's logic in in running a roster that old out there uh, because you're going to take the hit. You know, the, the dream scenario is that you take the hit and spread load it over the season, right? So one guy's out, then one guy's back, then one guy's out, and one guy's back. But... The, the real challenge here is going to be can Insigne find form uh, consistently? And, and, and he had some just uh, absolutely terrible, uh, a terrible situation befall him and his family last season um, that took him out for a while. I, I absolutely do not fault him for that. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to go do the digging on that, you can go do it on your own. Um, but I will say that, I, I, Bernadeschi, to me, still, I think, is going to be the steal of that transfer window. Um, nobody really expected that much from him. They, everybody said he was washed, and he came in and he performed exceptionally well. So can they all stay healthy? No. We know it's not going to happen. But when do those injuries happen, and does it derail them late? And if so, if they find themselves in a very tight uh, a very tight window for uh for competing for playoff spots or seeding, you know, can they get all the guns, all the big guns on the field at the same time? That's going to be the biggest challenge for Toronto, in my opinion. And at the same time, and burned is not wrong. Uh, Bob Bradley being his own GM essentially hasn't worked out well for Toronto. Looks like Thorrington was more the important part to LAFC's success. But Bob is to that point of his career where he wants to be GM and coach well, it's, it's the bill parcells thing right, right. yeah like if, if you're gonna ask me to cook the dinner let me buy the groceries mm-hmm. you know let me pick the groceries at least yeah it, it, it has been only one year though ricky yeah yeah you're right it's it's, it's only been one year but I, the 
the age across the board for that team, the front heavy attack where it's great. You want to score nine, you know, every game you want to be like, you know, nine, six, I guess, nine, yeah. seven, but, right. um, you know, I, I do have, I do have questions, a lot of questions about that team and, and, and Bradley, yeah, he, the, his desire to be his, his, you know, his own GM. Um, I, I have issues with, and that's the, yeah, that's exactly the point I'm making, uh, Burn. There's that it's that there's no balance to this roster at all, but I, I, I think, and I'm going to speak way out of turn here. I think Bob Bradley has allowed the damage, the mental damage from, from getting you know, screwed at Swansea. Well, getting screwed at Swansea, <laughs> having everything fall apart around him at a geopolitical level from in Egypt, mm-hmm. um, that essentially being, uh, you know, really not held in regard as a former U.S. men's national team manager, right? Uh, and he has this massive chip on his shoulder. No doubt. And I think that it, it's it's tough for him. And I think it's tough for him uh, with the venom that his son deals with as well. I, 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 I'm I sorry. I don't think that gets, you know, that gets left out of the equation. But I think Rob lets that chip do a lot of the talking and a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, the, the decision-making for him now. And, and so, yeah, exactly. Burn. He did not like to be called bunker Bob. So now he doesn't play defense. Right. So he, you know, I get it. He, he's worried about legacy, but just focus on winning, you know, focus on winning and focus on, putting the best product on the field you can, but I, in, in a cold weather environment, that age, eh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Good luck, I guess. Well, uh, in, in, in LA, and this is toward the end of his tenure, as I, I know that it seems like construction's going on behind you again for the 48th day in a row. Um, the construction that Bob had with his roster in L.A., it seemed like he didn't have a whole lot of trust past guy maybe 15 or maybe even 14. He always had a very, very short bench in his time in L.A., and there were the times where when you were physical with Carlos Vela, LAFC was kind of exposed. And then Bob goes to Bob goes to Toronto and then LAFC, you know, does what they've been doing ever since bringing in uh, Chirondolo and and winning titles. But I think that Bob has always had a very, very short bench, a very, very limited amount of folks that he would trust on a on a daily basis in L.A. And when you have that short bench. Guy 12, 13, 14. And you're recycling all of these same guys, and there are young guys on your bench because you're in a cap league. I mean, you had a, you had guys in LAFC like Bryce Duke, who were very promising, but weren't getting a whole lot of minutes just because Bob was leaning toward the experienced guys as the first ones that he would call off the bench for you know for substitutions. And I think that you know Bob, with this with this chip on his shoulder. 
and burn definitely to your point about being your own GM. No, it hasn't worked in Toronto, but in Toronto, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, or however you want to phrase it, the owner, Bill Manning, however you want to phrase it, is more than happy to hand Bob the keys to a very expensive car. And it, they're more than happy to, it's like, oh, you want so-and-so? Okay, great, fine. You know, you want to bring in uh, Bernadeschi, fine. You want to bring in Insigne, fine. You want to bring in Crescito, fine. How was that uh, retirement for you? Uh, lasted all of, I think, six weeks. But Bill Manning is more than happy to hand the keys to a very expensive car over to Bob Bradley, and it's all veterans that are being brought in. And the younger players that are coming up through uh, the Toronto system, you're not really seeing a whole lot of them. You didn't get to see a whole lot of Schaffelberg. You're not seeing a whole lot of Marshall Rudy. Uh, there are a couple of other folks that are a part of the, the, the younger generation in Toronto, but the lean for Bob Bradley has been to the veterans to try to get things done. And you're right, Burn. The roster doesn't have a whole, doesn't have any balance at all. You want to, he wants to, he wants to turn it into PS three or five or whatever the up-to-date number is and try to win games nine and six, like you were saying, Nick. Well, I'll say this about Bernadeschi. And this is something we talked about whenever he first came in to the league. And I, I say this simply because as I'm sitting here thinking about this, I'm like, okay, what happens if, what happens if, what happens if, Bernadeschi at Juve played everywhere. He, he could play in the back. He played in the midfield. He played up top. He could play wing. If he had to be central striker, he could. Um, he was somebody who there's multiplicity to his game. Mm-hmm. And if when the inevitable injury bugs hit, um, he, he is somebody that you can slot anywhere on the field if, in, as a stopgap. But they are going to be best whenever you have Bernadeschi feeding Insigne and letting Insigne cook uh, centrally. And, and it, that's I, – I don't know – I don't know necessarily what happens when, when Insigne goes out for any period of time. And, and you're going to be completely reliant upon Bernadeschi at that point to be your, your talisman. And multiplicity is good. It helps. But I don't know how Toronto is going to be sustainable over the season. And, and I still, the more I work through the permutations, I don't know how Toronto is going to be sustainable over the season. It's going to take uh, two steps short of water and wine to keep that roster healthy and to uh, essentially count on outscoring your opponent, you know, every mm-hmm. game. <laughs> I don't know how you win a tough game in that one. You know, I, 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 I idle down and you outscore them. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's with the team like Red Bulls that thrive on youth and, uh, and energy that they, they burn out at the end of the season doing that. So uh, I don't know how much of old guys, you know, the Toronto retirement home is going to handle that, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Uh, Revs announced this morning that they've signed Andrew Farrell to a contract extension and keep an eye. We've been mentioning LAFC this morning. Uh, also keep an eye on the Chicho Rango situation. Uh, Chicho Rango is looking for a, a, a new sal- a new contract with, uh, some more dollars attached to it. And if that they, if the parties don't agree, could Chicho Rango be, uh, uh, bouncing around here somewhere? Uh, yeah, Ola, Ola Kamara is a free agent, lost the 2021 Golden Boot in a tiebreaker, nine goals in a backup spot uh, in D.C. behind Taxi Funtas. 
And uh, Ricky would take a guy like Ola Kamara here in Atlanta as a, as a part of uh, as a part of the the build for twenty three. You know, uh, you know, having having a guy like Ola Kamara come in off the bench to be uh, yeah, a good fallback to Chicho exactly. So uh, Ricky Ricky's playing Ricky's playing uh, football manager. He wants to bring in Chicho Rongo and Ola Kamara up top. If, as uh, as the exceptional uh, economic fiduciary. Uh, genius <laughs> Ted DiBiase once said, "Uh huh, everybody's got a price." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh huh, Every, everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a price. Yes, so, so. Keep, definitely keep an eye on that because, th- and that's part of the fun part of this time of year is you get to kind of sit there and plug and play. It's like, okay, well, somebody's unhappy. Well, maybe we could do something here. Uh, gossip rumor innuendo uh, overseas. Uh, Saudi Arabian club, Al Hilal rivals of CR 37's Al Nasser, uh, Nick, I'll give you one guess who they're targeting. Um, Lionel Messi, a $300 million per year deal. According to Mundo Deportivo in Spanish, (laughs) they're they're targeting Lionel Messi and we'll pay him 300 million a year. Why, why the, why the ish not, you know? Look, if if you got the money, uh-huh. you got it. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, uh, PSG's trying to sign uh, Messi to a one plus one to keep him around for another two years. Arsenal are back in for Dusan Vlahovic, who is valued at one hundred and ten million euro, or just under ninety eight million pounds, according to our friends at La Repubblica. Uh, get him out of Juve. Get him out of Juve. Just get him out. It, it's Allegri is content to win 1-0. And Spalletti, uh, the manager for uh, Napoli, said said it best that Allegri fits Juve's identity to the letter, which is just win, we don't care how. Mm-hmm. Just win, that's it. Um, you know, in, in, in Napoli, it's more, you know, we, we need to play a style. We need to play with a certain passion. Um, but Blahovic... When he was with Fiorentina, he could play with with you know style, and he could play with um, you know with a level of excitement, and and he could be a game changer. And with Juve, it's all right. We scored one, boys. Everybody to the back, mm-hmm. okay, boss. But we're only fifteen minutes into the game. Everybody to the back. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't think it's career nor do I think it's good for any striker to go to Juve and expect to put up any numbers. Just because you may have grown up wearing a black and white shirt doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be best for your long-term uh, uh, marketability. So going to going to Arsenal, he I think he can definitely play in our Arteta system. I think he's somebody who would probably enjoy that a great deal. I think his, his bank account would certainly enjoy playing in, uh, uh, yeah. in, in the Prem. So I wouldn't be shocked if this deal happens simply because Juve has to do – I think everybody's just kind of forgotten that Juve's in dire financial straits. Mm-hmm. So they need to make this move. And I'd hope that somehow Fiorentina can still profit off of it. I don't know if they can, but uh, I certainly hope they do. But it needs to happen. Uh, Arsenal submitted a new bid for Shakhtar Donetsk's uh, winger Mikhailo Mudrik. Deal moving closer, according to our friend Fabrizio Romano. 
Chelsea considering making a bid for Moises Caicedo following their frustrations in trying to sign Enzo Fernandez from Benfica. It's from our friends at The Guardian. We've been trumpeting Moises Caicedo for about four years here. And uh, Caicedo would be more economical than uh, Enzo Fernandez in that 120 million pound release clause. Uh, Spurs interested in signing uh, Lando Trossard from Brighton. Brighton is not budging at present. We will always remind you of the Ted DiBiase quote. Clubs in Spain, France, Germany, and Italy monitoring the situation of Portugal fullback Joao Cancelo after he lost his regular place in the Manchester City side. Uh, it's from our friends at the Telegraph. Wolves have had a bid accepted for PSG in Spain midfielder Pablo Sarabia. Southampton, and this is where Southampton is right now, bottom of the table in the in the brim. They could move for Luton Town's English right back James Bree as they look to sign a fullback this month. So they're going to the championship to try to sign a fullback to try to keep themselves afloat in the Prem. Uh, Leeds deal for Hoffenheim strikers Jorginho Ruder will be around 35 million pounds, a club record fee, according to our friends at Sky. Uh, Nottingham Forest closing in on the 16 million pound signing of Brazilian midfielder Danilo from Palmeiras. Everton looking to sign two forwards this month, according to our friends at Football Insider. Manchester United, uh, Anthony Alanga is one of the players Everton are targeting. Want the 20-year-old on an initial loan deal. Besiktas interested in Raul Jimenez as a replacement for Bout Veghorst, who is set to join Manchester United. Speaking of Wolves, activated the clause worth 44.4 million pounds to make Mateus Cunha's loan deal from Atletico Madrid into a permanent move. Brentford have made an offer to Antalya Sport to sign Haji Wright according to our friend Tommy Scoops. We'll keep an eye on that one. Bournemouth, confident of a re-signing Netherlands midfielder Arnaud Danjuma from Villarreal amid reported interest from Everton. And Yusufa Mukoko has been linked with Newcastle, but the 18-year-old is now set to sign a new contract with Borussia Dortmund after a breakthrough in negotiations, according to our friends at Sky Germany. So that's the, the early round of uh, gossip rumor and innuendo and who is traveling where and who could be going uh, who could be going, who could be staying, and who could be working their way through. Uh, Atlanta United 2 uh, this morning, they have some uh, signees, and we are going to have uh, Jessica Charman on the show on Monday morning to discuss, but uh, the twos have made some, uh, the twos have made some deals, and they're bringing in their, their players for the 23 season, if I can find the release and figure out what part of the world it was in when it was posted. Here we go. Okay. It's in this email. Okay. Uh, Atlanta United 2 announces the return of eight players from last year's team and the addition of three new players to the roster ahead of the first MLS Next Pro season. Goalkeeper Sebastian Guerra, midfielder Kofi Tumasi, forward Kareem Tamimi are going to join Atlanta United 2 pending league and federation approval. Also, for the twos, and once uh, if Jared is able to hop back in, we can get his thoughts on this as well. Uh, Reyes, defenders Hymar, Nelson Orji, midfielders Nick Firmino, David Mejia, Emanike, Tony Tiente, and Johnny Vial all return for another season with Atlanta United 2. Hymar led the group with four goals, six assists. Mejia, Vial combined for five assists. Reyes, 16 starts and goal, finished the campaign with 85 saves. Guerra comes from Atletico Nacional in Colombia before he signed his professional contract in 2019, made his professional debut just after Thanksgiving in 2020 in a match against CD America, loaned to Valle du Par in the second division, three appearances there. Tumasi, a D-mid who grew up in Ghana, uh, professional career began in 2017, signed for by a Romanian club, 
loaned out to uh, FC Universitate Cluj, where he made 12 appearances in the Romanian second division, career in Germany as well, 49 professional appearances and two goals. And the other, and the individual that uh, for me was very intriguing, and once again, we'll get Jess's thoughts on Monday. Kareem Tamimi uh, was lights out at Georgia Gwinnett College, and this is not the first time that Atlanta United has gone to Georgia Gwinnett College. Remember Tony Tiente? And uh, Tony Tiente, we saw what Tiente has been able to do with Atlanta United with the twos last year. So Atlanta United, too, goes back to Georgia Gwinnett College, brings in Kareem Tamimi, 36 goals, 47 matches for the Grizz, 18 goals, 10 assists in his senior year. First team NAI All-American team selection, 2022 Continental Athletic Conference Player of the Year, quarterfinal round of the uh, the NAI National Championships. And just getting some quick stuff on to Mimi, uh, Jess, who worked the games for Georgia Gwinnett uh, College this year, set-piece goal scorer, hardworking, nimble feet, and great close ball control in the 18. So on Monday, we'll hear more from Jess about Kareem Tamimi, and we'll catch up with Jess with uh, everything going on uh, on uh, in Charlotte as she's getting ready for a year or two of preparing for the crown. So uh, uh, don't know yet who the twos coach is this season, uh, Rich. Haven't heard yet. Uh, don't have. And to Ricky's point, we don't have uh, a whole lot of info uh, about uh, MLS Next Pro yet. Uh, Knicks, we don't know if they're going to be back at the fraction or, uh, or what. Uh, burned. About the NWSL draft, and Casey hit the jackpot with the Michelle Cooper pick. Opening kickoff this morning, we did kind of talk about the draft and how prolific it was for uh, ACC schools like FSU and Virginia in the first round. But what I did talk about in opening kickoff this morning was how one player who wasn't selected is going to come in. And I, I want to see, honestly, if this was a, a moment, Nick, for Atlanta to have a franchise in the NWSL, this would have been that moment. Amy Andrews, your MVP in USL W, was not selected in the four rounds of the draft. 19 goals in 16 matches, uh, led Tormenta to the USLW title, was not picked in the first four rounds of the draft. You cannot tell me that Amy Andrews is for the 49th best player in the United States from her time at Western Illinois and her time with South Georgia Tormenta. You cannot tell me that she is not a top 50 player. I can't wait to see who knocks on her door as a free agent. I hope she goes into a free agent camp and frankly lights it up. Uh, again, this, we, we talked about the, you know, opening segment that mm-hmm. it, it, there are times it appears that NWSL is picking players like a 12 year old playing Madden on ultimate team. Like yeah. there's no, there's no sort of in-depth scouting. It's just who knows who um, I've heard of. But if you aren't getting, if you aren't getting somebody who was the leading goal scorer on a championship team, and you don't think that person's draftable, but you think somebody at the, some you know Division One colleges, uh, okay, great, good for you. But just also tell me that you're willing to miss out on a ton of of other talent, you know, just by keeping the blinders on. So, eh, you know, good luck to, uh, good luck to NWSL if that's how you're going to be running your operation. But, uh, it's an, I, I hope that 
scouting is expanded. It just yeah. shows me the limitations of scouting. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Angel City went number one picking uh, high school. Westlake Preps, Alyssa Thompson. So that dropped Michelle Cooper to number two in Kansas City. In Kansas City, uh, Kansas City is bringing in – I mean, Kansas City is more than happy to be splashing the cash. And they're bringing in Dabinia. They've got Michelle Cooper at number two, who fell to number two because Angel City went the direction they did. I'm looking forward to seeing how Kansas City uh, works their way through in the upcoming NWSL season. We'll try to we'll see if we can get uh, see if we can get Jen Hildreth on to, to do a one v one and talk about Kansas City and everything going on there. Uh, Nix is volunteering to be the head coach of the twos, and, and Abby has Abby's confirmed that they will be back at the fraction next year. But uh, yeah, so Nix is volunteering to coach the twos. He says, "Okay, dang it, I'll coach the twos next season." And yeah, the current are stacked. No, no doubt about it, Nix. The current are stacked. They are going all in as they're building their stadium and, and trying to to get to the top of the ladder in in the NWSL. Uh, other thing that I wanted to to get into this morning, Nick, is uh, other than talking about the little ball of hate, Johnny Dean making his way to the Chicago Fire from Birmingham Legion. And like I said, we'll, we'll talk twos and, and Johnny Dean if Jarrett can rejoin us this morning. There was a study that was uh, produced. And the, the headline of the article, and it, it's discussing European football in general, nearly half of Premier League action is inactive Lost to time-wasting, VAR deliberations, and other pauses in the game, and the issue is getting worse. On average, in-play action only comprises just under 56% of matches this season, the lowest in 11 years since the records began, and has been on an incremental slide in eight of those campaigns. The advent of VAR did not change downward trajectory, and there have been above-average declines for in-play action over the past two seasons, with the ratio trending towards the halfway mark. Stoppage time is at an all-time high this year, currently averaging around eight minutes across both halves, which helps mitigate delays caused by VAR reviews in the new five-substitution rule. The multi-ball system also introduced this year to maintain in-play momentum. However, in-play action slipped to the lowest ratio ever recorded at under 55 minutes, and the time-wasting issue has been a frequent flashpoint. Across Europe, as a rule right now, percentage in-play you have the Eredivisie at 60% or 59%, Liga at 57, just over, Premier League's at 56, just under, German Bundesliga slightly below that, Serie A at 55.3% of the action in play, uh, 53 minutes and 56 seconds, average match time 97.34, La Liga at Primera in Portugal and the Scottish Premiership. The Scottish Premiership, get Jerk to talk about this too. 52% of the time, the ball is in play. 59% in the air to Z, 56% in the Prem, 55% Nick in Serie A, and apparently it's getting worse. Uh, I, I want to present this from a different angle, and that is that, you know, it's going to be easy to pile on with VAR and all that, but how many games have been saved because of VAR? Oh, uh, you've had you've had a lot of things that have uh, flipped action the way that it should have been because of VAR. Right, where where it instead of having once in a lifetime opportunities squandered because uh, the failed call of an official, mm -hmm. VAR was able to review and then make the decision. Okay, it's a penalty, 
or it's a no goal or, you know, it's a red card foul. Look, I, I'm okay with VAR. Uh, and if I have to, you know, if somebody wants to, to do the metrics of, you know, diving down, oh, there's only 56% of the action is blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, you know, injuries happen. Faking injury, again, is, is part of the deal until you start doing something like what the NFL does with targeting. We talked about this yesterday, mm-hmm. where if there's a, a perceived injury, uh, you know, you have somebody looking and they flag it. And don't say it can't happen. There's too much action. That's BS. The NBA does it. The NBA has a control center in, in uh, up in New Jersey, and every game the refs get, you know, get buzzed. Hey, this was a this was a foul. This was not a foul, and the game continues, right? And there's ways of doing it. You just got to make the investments in the game to get it done. But it, we are we are adding and applying metrics to so many things instead of just letting stuff play out because yeah. we want to have as much control as humanly possible over every little thing instead of letting things just naturally develop. There are times I want intervention. Stuff like VAR, I want intervention on. If people are faking injuries, then you know you want to have essentially reverse VAR yeah. or bizarro VAR to bizarro say, VAR. yeah, to, hey, look, no, that's a yellow card because the guy was diving. I think that's the best way to weed out the the people who do that because initially yes the game will slow down even more because people are getting checked but i think over time people will realize okay crap i can't do that because they'll you know i can't risk the card because i'll miss the next game or i can't risk it you know a manager will say i can't risk it because i can't have my defender or my defensive midfielder sitting on a yellow so I think that's the only way to get it done. But as far as everything else that goes with the game, it, it's so fast now. It's so fast that you don't have any other choice but to include some sort of secondary, uh, some sort of secondary officiating. That, that, that you have to. It's it's just too damn fast. If you took the players from today and put them in a track meet with the players from twenty years ago, thirty years ago, it, it would be. They would be com- the, the old guys would be comically outmatched. It's there's just two the new sports nutrition, uh, sports fitness. It's at a completely different level now, where the officials are barely able to keep up as it is. So, I I mean, it's going to take creative out of the box thinking. Is it is it having, you know, two refs, you know, one on each half officiating? You know, how do you gauge the quality? I don't know, but I think VAR and Bizarro VAR are probably the best way to curb some of this time wasting. All right. So they, the folks at Sky, they, they posed the question. Sky Sports Poll. And uh, the question was, what is the most effective solution to stop time wasting? Stop the clock, add more stoppage time, give more yellow cards, or a minimum 60 minutes of in play? which is what Howard Webb, who is now the new head of the PGMOL, is is kicking the tires on. He's trying to get a minimum of 60 minutes worth of play in a match. Stopping the clock, 69% of the poll said that you should stop the clock. This is the most effective solution to stop time wasting. 18% said add more stoppage time. 
And we saw what uh, happened in the, the world championship uh, in November and December about that, where you had astronomical numbers when it came to stoppage time because the refs were told to add it back. And there was no fear about having a first half of seven or a second half of 12. They didn't flinch about that kind of stuff. More yellow cards, 7%, and then the minimum 60-minute in play came down to 6%. So basically, Nick, 7 out of 10 are saying stop the clock as the most effective solution. Yeah, I think so. If and if if we say no to two refs, which I which is perfectly fine because this is a conversation, right? I'm not yeah. I'm not bringing stone tablets down from the mountaintop with fifteen yes. fifteen commandments. That's right, and and so I I think that if we do it like the NBA, and I think that's the only way we're going to be able to do it, where the ref blows the whistle, stops the clock, and says, okay, if you want to keep the ball, you know. In, in, in the back for that long, you know, either we, we do a turnover, you know, like you have like back court rules. I mean, like I, whatever way you want to do it. But I think we have to do it more like the NBA. And I think that's the only way we can make it happen because, you know, the officials to have officials in better shape is going to require younger officials True. Um, because, you know, getting 45, 50 year old men to, you know, run several uh, miles at the speed in which these, these 18, 19 to 20 year olds are running. I mean, <laughs> man, but, and, and we don't want excessive varring. Then I think we have to run it like the NBA does where the blow, the whistle, stop the clock. And then, you know, then we make adjustments from there. So I, I, I just think at some point, it, but it, no matter what, at some point you just have to let the game play. Mm-hmm. At some point, and to say, you know, people are just going to have to be mad. Like, oh, I can't believe he didn't do that. I can't believe that he didn't call the goal. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Next play, let's go. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Because at some point, there's an element of, of, of failing in, in this. There's an element of, um, you know, of human error is, is, is just as much as part of the DNA of the game as, as the ball itself. I mean, it's, it's, it's required. It, it has to be there because it's, it's humans running and playing. And I would prefer to have that than, than, you know, machines on the field trying to play and a machine ref trying to keep up, which is not so completely out of the realm of possibility now, but I I think that, you know, a good intermediary for the moment is to start running things like the NBA. And then people will yell and say, well, now there's infinitely more stoppages than, than there were before. Well, be careful what you ask for, Mm -hmm. you know, either be happy with the game as it is now and the rules in place and, and how review is done, or you have it called like the NBA and have stops stoppages every, uh, you know, every two and a half to three minutes where the clock stops and we drag the game out and it becomes a much slower process. So, right. Uh, Abby is a part of the discussion mentioned refs being in better shape. The hard part she says of stopping and starting is the elongation of the game. Oh yeah. Go from two, go, go from two hours plus a little bit of extra time to three. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Nick's in this morning, as always, he says, I for one welcome our robot overlords. That's right. Uh, a couple of other things this morning in uh, gossip rumor, innuendo, and transfers as we continue to avoid the three and four letter paper hmm. 
and what, when the, that information does come across, uh, we always remind you that uh, take that information at your own peril. And especially here in January, we'll follow your S-type sources, your S-level sources when it comes to any kind of news as we continue to, to keep an eye on things with uh, training camp for uh, Atlanta United about two weeks away from the afternoon contest up at Finley Stadium in Chattanooga against Chattanooga FC. Uh, Daily Express, Manchester United is going to block any request made by Nottingham Forest to play Loney Dean Henderson in their two-legged Carabao Cup semifinal. Barcelona star Memphis has an offer on the table to join Newcastle, according to reports in Spain. Uh, Nottingham Forest interested in bringing in Bren, Ben Brereton Diaz back to the club, sending Emmanuel Dennis to Blackburn on loan in return. That would be a good pickup for Nottingham Forest as they still try to have more transfers in a season than actual points. Uh, let's see. Manchester United. Oh, uh, Manchester United have to qualify for Champions League, raise significant money through player sales. If Eric Ten Hag is to sign the midfielder and striker he wants this summer, even if the Glazers sell the club. Uh, Chelsea considering a move for highly rated Real Madrid defender Rafa Marine, who could be available this summer. Uh, Julian Lopetegui is facing an FA investigation after allegedly confronting Morgan Gibbs White in the scenes that followed his Wolves the League Cup defeat at Forest. Keeping an eye on that. Daily Mirror, Darwin Nunez, a notable absentee from Liverpool training on Thursday, could miss the trip to Brighton this weekend. Chelsea could face the prospect of having to play at Wembley for five years as they look for plans to redevelop Stamford Bridge. Everton uh, striker Ellis Sims could be heading back to Sunderland this month, avoiding the four-letter paper. Athletics says Sporting Lisbon maintaining Pedro Porro only allowed to leave the Portuguese side if the club pays his 45 million euro release clause. And the Times, uh, let's see, I'm going to save the, the, the element from the Times here. Chelsea's new signing, David Datrofofana, is at the center of a court case involving his former club Molda in Norway over the proceeds of his transfer. Ilkay Gundogan accused his Manchester City teammates of lacking hunger and desire before what he predicts will be one of the toughest derbies in years. Uh, let's see. Uh, Saudi Arabian businessman leading bidding to watch the latest chapter in Ronaldo and Messi with a 10 million real or translated 2.2 million pound offer for a ticket to next Thursday's friendly. And you get it like a meet and greet and a walk through and a handshake and those things like that. But yeah, dude's already offered 10 million reals for the, the walk and talk. And uh, we've got some other news involving uh, Celtic South Korean signing target. Uh, Gui Sung Cho has opened up on his dream to play in the premier league. Rangers have heavily been linked to a move with Todd Cantwell. So the last thing that I wanted to bring up from gossip rumor, innuendo and stories comes from the times, Nick. I uh, don't know if there'll be an event, Ricky, but I know that we will probably be there. So we'll see. Uh, World Cup TV crews were ordered to show FIFA president Gianni Infantino at least once during matches in uh, the uh, the host country and to ensure he was not pictured while he was on his mobile phone. That's according to the Times newspaper. Uh, all right. I, I have questions about this. Yeah. So I figured you would. Yeah. Well, am I shocked? No. Because you have, you have to have the people based upon the location of the tournament. You want there was uh, there was probably a lot of concern that FIFA would be checked out once the tournament began, that the money the cash has all exchanged hands. That, the, check, the check cleared, uh, the money transfer, the paperwork is in. Exactly, and so you, you I think it, it, 
it's not just ego, but it's also showing that, you know, hey, money backers, yes, look, uh, you know, we're still a good partner. We're still a good look. I'm I'm invested in the tournament. You know, don't show me on the phone. I'm invested in the tournament. You know, like th- that's what it looks like to me. That's not just pure ego. Ego certainly played a role in it, but it was more of okay. If this tournament is going to be hated um, by a great many people outside of this region, I need to be front and center to show to show our partners that I back them 110 percent, and that's I mean, what it hey. seems like to me. Because like like you said, man, the, the check's clear, the money's changed hands. The last thing you want is to, to try to leave a country with a whole bunch of people who paid you a whole bunch of money being mad at you because they think you weren't necessarily uh, that invested or involved. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, odds, games going on today, juice boxes, and TV stuff uh, today. Villa and Leeds at 3 o'clock is on USA Network. Liga MX is on 2 to NA at 9 with Puebla and Carretero. Universo is your simulcast partner for USA Network. On the plus, uh, Westerloo and OH Leuven is on at 240 out of Belgium. La Liga Santander, Celta de Vigo, Villarreal is on at 3. Paramount plus Napoli, Juve, Nick, is 245 on Paramount plus. What's your what's your preview? Uh, Juve's on a run. Juve's on a run, but uh, I'm going to... <sighs> I can't do it. Uh, my, 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 my gambling brain says, uh, one zero Juve. Okay. As much uh, as I hate that, it makes me want to vomit. Napoli's your even money juice boxer right now at a plus one Oh two Juve on the road is a plus 300. Your 90 minute draw is a plus two forty five. Uh, tomorrow it is three matches. It is five matches on Sunday plus Monday night football. It is uh, Cremonese Monza. That is a uh, nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Lecce hosting AC Milan. AC Milan's a minus one fifty nine. Inter and Verona. Inter obviously heavy favorite at a minus three twenty three. On uh, Sunday, five matches, one bright and early. So Swallow and Lazio. Lazio is a favorite at a plus one eighteen. Uh, Torino hosting Spezia at a minus one fifty four. Udinese at a minus one hundred three is hosting Bologna. Atalanta to minus 256 hosting Salernitana and their new keeper, uh, uh, Memo Ochoa, at just under a plus 700. Roma hosting Fiorentina is your late game at 245 on Sunday at a plus 102. Fiorentina is a plus 280. Monday night football, Empoli hosting Sampdoria. Empoli is a plus 125. Sampdoria is a plus 262. Uh, when you look at those other matchups uh, for the weekend, Nick, anything stick out? Anything? Anyone? Sorry, my computer kind of froze there for a minute. Uh, I, I would say that the, the Napoli-Juve game is the game to watch. Yep. Over One versus else. two. One versus yeah, two. That's, that's the primary game. After this, I need to see what happens with Inter because uh, Lukaku, I'm not going to say he has the yips, but I'm saying that there is something extraordinarily off with him, and it's been going on since the World Cup. Um his touch has largely failed him. Uh, he is, uh, you know, passes or seem like they look like something out of an adult, an adult league game. Yep. Um, I, there's just something with him that, you know, I, I really hope everything's all right with him, but uh, he, there's something that needs to get sorted with him. 
Um, so Inter is desperately trying to keep trying to keep pace. Uh, Milan is trying to to get back into the conversation, but it's between Napoli and Juve right now, and the last thing Napoli wants is to give anything uh, to those to those car makers in the north. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if, if you know anything about Italian history post-World War II, um, the animosity is real between uh, Torino and, and, and Naples. And so it is in the fan bases between Juve. It, it, all you have to do is watch the Diego Maradona documentary on HBO Max, and you will see just how nasty and vile that rivalry is so it's uh it's that's the prime game right there because that the outcome of that is going to shape the narrative for the rest of the weekend so if 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 Juve topples um Napoli then okay now we're having a very different conversation uh than we were you know three, three four five weeks ago Napoli seven points clear right now at 44 points. They've only lost once in their first 17 matches. Juve is ahead of AC Milan on goal difference. Juve's only allowed seven goals this year. Oh, yeah. In their their 17 matches, far and away the best defense in the league. Uh, AC Milan on goal difference is third. Inter is fourth at 31 points. Three at 31 points. Goal difference uh, sorting out uh, Lazio, Atalanta, and Roma right now. They're all at 31. Then you get into that second group. And uh, looks like the the fight for the relegation scrap may not happen, considering right now it's a six point difference from Spezia, who's in 17th, and then Verona and Sampdoria, who are at nine points, both at two wins out of their first 17. Cremonese has not won a match this season, and they are 07 and 10 at seven points. So it looks like so far that's what you're facing when it comes to uh, what's going on in Italy this weekend in the Brem. It is uh, the one match today. You get six matches tomorrow, three on Sunday, and Monday night football there as well. The Manchester Derby is the early game tomorrow morning, seven thirty, and you've got Brighton Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool's a plus one seventeen at the Amex, which is interesting. Everton is a home favorite against Southampton at a plus one twenty three. Uh, Juice Boxers have thrown a blanket over Nottingham Forest and Leicester. Sorry, Knicks. Leicester's a slight road favorite, but it's within the margin of error. Same with Wolves and West Ham at the Molyneux. Brentford and Bournemouth. Uh, Brentford a minus 156 at the GTEC. Bournemouth at a plus 442. And it looks like Bill Foley's ownership group, uh, Black Knight Football Club, has acquired a one-third stake in Ligue 1 Ligue side Lorient. And it's the next step in building this multi-club model. Foley's going to have the option to increase his percentage over time. And shockingly, Bournemouth are hoping to sign Lorient winger Dango Watara. Who knew, who knew that this cross-pollination would be happening? Hmm. Right, right, on the, right on the verge of uh, adding an ownership stake. I want to move dudes across. I, I want to move dudes uh, slightly from one team to the other. Gee, that never happens when you have the, the cross-pollination and the multi-team model. That never happens. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, Chelsea Crystal Palace. Chelsea's a minus 141 early on uh, Sunday morning. Newcastle a minus 192 hosting Fulham. Spurs and Arsenal. Is your late game on Sunday? Arsenal's a plus one twenty-one on the road at Spurs at Tottenham Spurs Stadium. Monday Night Football: Crystal Palace hosting Manchester United on the eighteenth. Well, on the eighteenth is your next round. So, 
a couple days off before Crystal Palace, Manchester United come up in the midweek next week. So there you go. Anything else on your mind, sir, before we go? No, no it's it's you know, nothing that hasn't been discussed outside of, uh, you know, just looking forward to seeing the, the next couple of weekends where the game's out of Syria. I think there's going to be a lot of talking points there. I think a lot of player movement the, the, from a business perspective is going to shape how these races turn out. Uh, Juve desperately, desperately, desperately wants to be in that top four mm-hmm. to, because for just financial reasons alone. So outside of that, I, it's in my opinion, it's mm-hmm. all there in Syria now. Yeah, and Jason Nix with, uh, <laughs> with Potter. Whew. Oh man. Oh buddy. Well, I mean, they the Todd Bowley and Bully Clear Lake have said that they they have the faith in Potter and they're there for the build. They're they're not just going to do a uh, something on the quick if things are frustrating and things are frustrating right now. So mm-hmm. we'll see. There's yeah exactly. So they say that they're sticking with Graham Potter. Uh, we'll be back at it again Monday morning. Uh, Jessica Charman joining us at some point to discuss what's been going on with uh, uh, the, the crown as they get ready for second season, all of the transfers that have been happening, Major League Soccer, which she's looking for in the Eastern Conference, plus the the notes on Atlanta United 2, getting her to talk about Kareem Tamimi heading for Atlanta United 2 and MLS Next Pro. Not the first time that uh, GGC, Georgia Gwinnett College, and the Grizz have sent a player into the system, Tony Tiente, and now Kareem Tamimi. So we'll be catching up on all that stuff as well. Thanks to everybody for another great week. And uh, thanks for putting up with all of our shenanigans as we are Soccer's Morning Show. And sometimes, yeah, we do go off the rails. Thanks to Greg Garza and our friends at Beyond Goals Mentoring. Uh, Point of order, next week the show will be from the beach. Uh, I will be at the Gulf of Mexico for that one week out of the year when uh, the boss and I head down and we stare at the we stare at the Gulf for a week. So uh, next week's shows, it'll be that time of year where I'll be at uh, St. George Island We'll be doing the show from there next week, but it'll be fun to see everybody uh, again next week when we kick back here at SDH. Nick, if you would, please, sir, if I could get my tongue to work, uh, enjoy and uh, send us home. Until next time, everybody, take care of each other, be kind to each other, and mucha, mucha, euro, y'all. What he said, play it safe, everybody. We'll see you from the beach on Monday. 